Welcome to the Science Witch Podcast, where we explore how science and witchcraft intersect, interact, and affirm one another. I'm your co-host, Ruby. And I'm your co-host, Angel. And this is our 60th episode and our offering to our listeners in celebration of Black History Month with an interview with one of my beloved comrades and fellow queer local activists, Samuel. Holy shit, this is one of the best conversations I ever had with a person I've never met physically before. (laughs) Yeah. Not just in terms of having the conversation, but going back in to edit it. This guy's got fucking wisdom, y'all. Yeah, Sam and I have become uh, buddies over the last course of the year, kind of through our various different activism activities. And now, I mean, he got me to join the Democratic Socialists of America chapter, which is another thing that I got to do. But I enjoy getting to spend time with him and be an activist here in Salem, which I think is important for as we talk about some of the things and reasons in the episode and how Oregon has been large in in a lot of ways, uh, white supremacist historical enclave so yeah it's it's a really great chance for us to sit down and sort of you know dissect some of those aspects of being black and queer and living here in the pacific northwest but also it's it's just like such a joy to talk to sam because he's so much fun and he's also a performer and going to be helping us with the trans telethon which is another reason why we've become such great friends and so i didn't i thought he was perfect for to bring on for this offering for the month of february i look in that guy's eyes and i see well-grounded hope which is so powerful right you know because sam has so much adversity as he discloses so i do probably should make a content warning a little bit about discussions of abuse and but I think Sam just overcomes everything in such a powerful and affirming way. And that is, it's so important right now to have that, that hope for those of us who do believe in racial justice and those of us who are queer and do want to make amazing art. So yeah, this is, I'm, I'm excited that we get to bring Sam on to the podcast. Hi, I'm excited too. You know who's also really excited? You and the audience. Sarah. Hope you enjoy the episode. Here's the interview. So today we have a guest that is also, again, one of my dear friends and fellow comrades in the struggle so I am very happy to introduce our listeners to my friend Samuel today. And I wanted to start out, of course, by letting you introduce yourself, Samuel, to our listeners. Yeah, let's start there. Hey there, everyone. My name is Samuel Townsend. I am the treasurer of the Selma Organ Chapter of the Democratic Socialists of America. Within DSA, I am a I'm the co-chair of the Say Gay Working Group that is based out in Salem, Oregon. And as of recently, I'm also the treasurer of Portland Pets and Handlers. So as you can see, I'm a very busy dude. Oh gosh. <laughs> Thank you for having me, Angel, on your podcast. I really appreciate it. And that way it helps everyone here. My pronouns is he, him. 
Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. That's really important. And also, I thought maybe you could give us a little bit of context to you as a witch and a member of the our local witchcraft and pagan community here. Okay. So that is a two-part answer. Yes. So the first part of that is like a more ancestral one. Mm -hmm. So like my grandmother was a bruja when she was alive. She was the person that like out in New York, people go to her to learn more like if they're pregnant, this person did said wrong, or I am sick, how do I take care of my child? Things like that. And she would always get genes of like premonitions about what's going, what's going to happen next. When she learned she was going to pass, she told me when I was a right before, right age of four years old, the day she passed, she came to me in, in my dream to let me know that, hey, I, I'm dead <laughs> and you're good. You'll be all right. Find me when you need me, things like that. I love you. I had woken up, told my mom, hey, my grandmother's dead. 10 minutes later, family called my mom and said, hey, Sammy's grandmother's dead. And she was like, we already know. I'm like, we just found out ourselves. What do you mean you already know? Throughout my childhood, Ghosts being in our house was just a normalcy for us. My mother's sister had passed, and her just being in the house, looking over her grandkids, was just a Tuesday to us. Me, like, practicing didn't really start until, like, around when I was, like, 21. I was kicked out of home, and it was, like, mid-February. It was, like, really cold, and I was terrified. And that was the first time I asked my grandmother to, hey, like, help me, please. I smell like a bunch of like roses and I'm in a house where there's no rose nearby <laughs> and it's icy as hell. Claire Since... Goostance. That's what that's called. Claire Goostance. Uh, what's the definition of that? So Claire Goostance is basically paranormal messages that come in the form of smell. And it's actually one of the most powerful ways I've heard of people connecting. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I oh, just no, thought that, that would be cool for you to know that that's a phenomenon they see a lot in, in the terms of like how people interact with the other side. And the Egyptians actually would often say when they were the presence of divinity, they would smell their gods. Like you see this in the hieroglyphics. So anyway, I didn't, I just wanted to interject with that cool point. Please continue. So you smelled roses. Yes. Since then I have never been in absolute need for anything like times when I was homeless I, I can always find food. When times where like, I'm in a bad situation, I always find a way to get out of the situation that I'm not in the wrong end for obvious reasons. When I am not in the best mental space, even times like that, I always find a way to get out of that hole in some way or fashion. My grandmother has been present my entire life. Like I've been close to her now and passing now than she was when she was alive. That led into me being a bit of a messenger for people and not intentionally there's been many times where like i'll be somewhere and i have a weird feeling of like you need to know about this and like i'll give them like information that there'll be nowhere in in, in hell that i would even be even acutely aware of that unless i was in their life for years at a time it could be about it could be like hey don't do that dumb shit or hey that person about to die or hey you need to leave now Things like that. Or, hey, you need to you need to forgive yourself. You're holding on to too much. That must make you really popular at parties. It really does, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, it happens now still. 
Like there's times where I'll go to a party or whatnot and be someone there that'll catch my eye. And like next thing I know, I'm holding them while they're crying their ass off because I gave I told them something that they need to be aware of. And now they're weeping or grieving for the first time. It happens. That's exactly what happens to me when I read tarot. <laughs> like, like I'm not a tarot reader, but I, I in essence do that at, in, mm-hmm. in a way. Um, then also came in like working like necromancy, necromancy like a little bit. So I'm not going, I'm not going to graveyards with a shovel going, singing a tune in my head to start thinking of dead bodies. I'm not doing that shit. God, no. What I am doing though is like, um, there's times where I need to help a spirit move on. There's times where I need to help a spirit like understand why they died or it's okay to leave. There's times where um, I'm in a position to where I'm me a person and they die tragically like the next day or something. And now I'm at the funeral. And because of how quick they died, they, they're, still, they're still here going, what the hell just happened? Uh, there was an individual in Salem that passed, I'm going to omit their name, that they died not, not kindly, I'm just worried like that. And I had moved to Salem and this was like the first place that I was at in Salem. And I lived near the ditch where they were found. And I was not aware at the time. Um, there was a night that I came home and I saw them sitting in a chair near where they were found as I was going home, like at two in the morning. Um, I went, I went back home, grabbed two pennies and grabbed a cup of coffee, walked out there in the middle of the night, went to this person and explained to them how they died and helped them move on. And someone that was a younger person that around 2021, that should be enough hints for people to know who I'm referring to. Things like that is a normalcy for me. Things like helping people heal or process or just be their strength for a few minutes is normalcy for me. Working with my ancestors is what I, that's my, my go-to. So like, not just my grandmother, my mom recently passed, my brothers, my dad, my grandfather, all that's like my go-to number one. Pathion wise, it leans more towards Norse, particularly either Odin or Fenrir. I don't know how the hell I made that combination happen, but man. <laughs> and then the second part of your question, I have that to hear currently. When I came to Salem, I met you via a former mutual friend of ours, and I just started going to your events because it wasn't really an active heathen community out here besides yours and that's not me saying yours as bad as me going your own is the only one that has been working because i am not a christian i am not a church over i am a fucking heathen so be able be able to properly celebrate bell thing or Salwin or yule is something i wasn't able to do before i moved to to oregon and now joining your community i was actually able to truly celebrate the holidays and things like that the way that i that i need to oh well we did I, I, throw a really lit Beltane, I gotta say. <laughs> I was curious, you said something about Odin and Fenrir, and I was just thinking about the relationship between those two, and... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like... I'm confused too on that one. Like, what the hell did I do to pull that one? What the hell? <laughs> well, no, it... I. I... <laughs> personally resonate with it a little bit actually because 
in the lore TM, <laughs> Fenrir is is famously imprisoned and kept as a pet, and like eventually is supposed to eat Odin in Ragnarok. Like, and Odin is doing his best to prevent that from happening. So you talking about those two gods in succession the way you did just pre- presented this, like, duality of trying to prevent things from happening while also being the inevitable simultaneously, which to me somehow makes sense. <laughs> so, like, to go into more detail about that, it's like a yin and yang sort of thing. Mm. Yeah. So... So, like, if I were to, like, approach things in the way of Fenrir, someone's getting their ass kicked. That's really like that. <laughs> That's when I'm being someone's sword. That is when I am being mm-hmm. strong for people. That is when, how I put this, it's very protective of my own people, mm-hmm. very protective of my own community, but also, like, I'm not afraid to stand for what's right. That's basically me as an activist for all these purposes. And you're purposes. Leo, so. I'm actually Absolutely. a Libra. Libra, right? But you have Libra. some Leo in your chart. <laughs> and yes, like, I am sending my chart actually, but yes. And I also see just Odin as trying to prevent these things from happening as hubris. Like thinking that by imprisoning and making Fenrir your pet that you can be the master of your own reality when that's not true. And then me, and then meanwhile with Odin, this man sends his crows at my house all the goddamn time. Um, that, is, <laughs> that is when I'm like, in essence, someone's shield or mm-hmm. someone's wisdom mm-hmm. or someone's guiding arrow, like go that way and do that thing. Or the person that, hey, I understand. Just go ahead. I can handle this. Go ahead. You, I, I got this. Mm-hmm. So like one side sword, other side shield. Mm-hmm. One side, I'm one side shit's getting done. Other side, I am protecting. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Perfect and I mean, the, one of the things about being a heathen in the Pacific Northwest is that there is a lot of really cool opportunity for this progressive collective queer friendly mm-hmm. movement in the heathen community but it also in some ways has to be the both sword and sealed against all of the rampant white supremacy that gets propagated through and is like a virus through the the heathen community because and we've talked about this on the podcast with dara about the troth and how important it is to have this inclusive heathenry because the gods call us all, you know, it doesn't matter. And there's no telling about when you get to the point of you're having an exponential number of ancestors, what we can say even blood means because it's it's not something quantifiable in human categories. It's something much broader about that in terms of ancestors. And, and yeah, the gods call us all no matter what. But I thought, I wonder if you could reflect on your experience of being a minority in the neo-pagan community in Oregon, how you as a person of color have navigated that. Well, for one, I stand proud as a Black person. Mm-hmm. One thing that would never go away is the fact that I am BIPOC. That would never mm-hmm. change. Mm-hmm. However, comma, 
that doesn't mean that I have to be like example, a Christian, for example, mm -hmm. or I have to follow paths that people are used to following. Mm -hmm. If the all father called upon me, then the all father fucking called upon me. Absolutely. That's just a simple fact. Then that's what happened. That doesn't mean that I'm not ignorant to my roots. That mm -hmm. doesn't mean that I'm ignorant to what I am and who I am. Now, admittedly, it is not easy because mm -hmm. it, there's like a high expectation of because I'm black, I'm supposed to move in a certain way when I normally just, I don't move like that. It does make it so my practices are like much more private mm -hmm. than public because there's times where I just, just can't mentally handle that ire of like, why is he doing, why is he practicing mm -hmm. that with, with this God? No, come over here and do da 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 it comes with a lot of judgment. It comes with a lot of pain, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. But it's something that all that I do, I follow my gut. Mm -hmm. And if my gut says go in this direction, I'm going to listen. I'm going to do that. Mm -hmm. And that's something that everyone is supposed to do is follow their gut. If it says moving, moving that way, you move it that way. Mm -hmm. And I still have all my ancestors. I still have my grandmother. I still have my mom. I still have my brothers. I still have my dad with me. That has not changed. I still work with all of my ancestors and still work with an old white man. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's something that clearly we, we cut in from what I was saying earlier. And I apologize because life right? is life and life happens. Nah. Um, so to finish my thought, it's been, it has not been easy, especially living in Oregon, a very white state, mm -hmm. but I, I take pride in the, in what I do. I take pride yeah. in the fact that, yeah. um, this I have found my path in life and it's true to me mm -hmm. and I'm honored by it. I take pride in the fact that I can work with the All Father, for example. I take pride in the fact that I can work with Finn Rear. I take pride in the fact that I didn't lose my mom when she died. Mm -hmm. I, I take pride in the fact that just how to put this, I am not stuck in a religion mm -hmm. that does not make sense that does not fit with me mm -hmm. and that I am not something that I'm, that I know that I am not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And yeah, absolutely. School. So, yeah. And, and that's one of the long, things. Oh, oh, here, go. Well, I was just going to say about heathenry is, um, what has attracted me to it is that the gods want you to feel proud of yourself. The gods want you to brag about yourself but you have to be honest you have to be like you have to keep your word and have integrity with your word but yeah a lot of that's really built into it to i think in some ways it it helps to fortify us and give us like strength to carry on and what is otherwise just like an extremely oppressive late stage capitalism that constantly tries to rob us of our magic and especially those of us who identify as queer you know, we got to have a little bit of the gods on our side and heathenry is totally there for us because, you know, uh, Fenrir is one of the children of Loki, which he mm -hmm. was uh, not always the father of. Some of him, Loki was the mother of. And that's one of the things about heathenry that I love about it. It's just like it's queer. Mm -hmm. the, and, the, and the people who really, truly know the Eddas which again were filtered through a christianized version and as weird as they are that we still get how sort of these glimmers of how queer the heathen faith was mm -hmm. 
And another thing, and this is something I was just thinking about, is in heathenry, there's no original sin. You don't feel like you were born with something to feel sorry and ashamed about. Like, that's not there in heathenry. <laughs> that's not there. Not to both, that. mm-hmm. I both thank Snorri for giving us the Eddas, but also blame him for fucking them up. <laughs> <laughs> but yet, even with that filter we still get glimmers of how queer and in some ways so much more of a holistic spiritual practice that doesn't create the cognitive dissidence that you often see with Christianity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yes. I mean, it's always inevitably the people that are the homophobes, the ones that are just so anti-queer that also have all the shame and are probably doing something that they feel is a sin, but are compelled to do. And that doesn't happen. And in witchcraft too, you know, it's like, do as thou wilt. <laughs> so, so like I was born in a Christian family, a very Christian mm-hmm. family, and I was raised in a Christian household, very raised. And I want to make it very clear that anyone who actively practices Christianity and is a respectful human being, I'll make that very clear, um, nothing against you. If that is what makes sense to you, if that is your calling, that's perfectly fine and fair for you. However, comma, <laughs> I cannot act like there's, there's, there isn't pain in that religion. I can't act like it doesn't shame people that are queer. Let me like to make it very clear. I am gay as hell. <laughs> I am so fucking gay. I am the gayest one of them all. Okay, and that is one of the things I appreciate about you. (laughs) And like that, the all father doesn't blink a fucking eye at that. (laughs) You know, my community doesn't blink an eye at the fact that yet. No, I am pansexual, and that's just what it is. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I am, I am in a polycule, and that's just what it is. Mm -hmm, You know, mm -hmm. I go to is this it, it. how, how this could be as explicit as you okay, want. Okay, because I'm a podcast. We okay. don't get the like, FCC I, I, ain't doing shit for us. Okay, I go to I go to fucking kink parties on a regular basis, and no one blinks an eye at that. Mm-hmm. I am still mean, regardless if I am Samuel's house and the activist in Salem or mm-hmm. Fenrir the kink bastard in Portland. It doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm still one of the same, just different amounts of clothing on. But you get the idea. So right. it. I that's something that that's something that when I was being raised as a Christian, that just the idea or the the hint of just being queer, never mind doing anything queer wise or or even having a partner that could be the same sex, forget the fact that they're trans is like a horrible thing. No, everyone deserves love. Mm-hmm. Regardless if you are a gender, if you're not, if, regardless if you have a penis or vagina, it doesn't matter of who you practice, everyone deserves love. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, All right. absolutely. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you have a lot of intersecting identities. <laughs> I was just going to kind of bounce off that just a little bit and just say uh, one thing that I've just been carrying myself with is with the understanding that through all of this, I'm always being treated like a white person. Mm-hmm. That's just that's just what I was kind of thinking behind the like all of this sorry we can go yeah on. no that's oh, it's very good. it's you know when i moved to oregon i'm originally from uh i was born in louisiana lived very much my life in a place where the population was 50 50 and then i moved out here to oregon and well and also i've been acculturated in black culture growing up 
I had black babysitters. I was like going to school. I had friends and partners that were all sort of shades and manners of different ethnicities with, you know, in the area. And when I come move to Oregon, it's like very much like, you know, Portland is definitely, it's becoming more cosmopolitan <laughs> and diverse, but you go anywhere outside of the, like the I-5 corridor and it gets scary. Me as a white person, I feel uncomfortable mm -hmm. walking around in some of the places in Eastern Oregon, just because it is just so oppressively white supremacist. And it's, and it's pretty terrifying. similar in Missoula. Yeah. I guess sundown sounds scary. Yeah, it gets on yeah. downtown scary. And that's that is one of the things about this. I mean, I love Salem, to be fair. I, I think this place is wonderful. But there is a dark history to the state of Oregon where, you know, black people were purposefully and graciously excluded from the state until the 1950s. And you see this in the shifting demographics of how long that that sort of pervasive racism continue to have a magnifying effect on the the population dynamics of the state. So, you know, it, it is something to be that I tend to have a lot more awareness of as a white person. And I think it's because I've worked a lot in racial justice a lot of my life. Right. You know, when I go back home, my mom, I mean, she is Christian, but she's totally chill with my witchcraft. But in her, in a lot of ways for her, being Christian is part of her political activism because all the churches down, you know, all the black churches are central to the civil rights movement in, in the South. But like even, mm -hmm. like even to like drive it home, like the exclusionary state of Oregon, like when that passed, that was a compromise for Oregon not being a slave state. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So there, there is this pervasive like white supremacy, like deep in is seated in the Pacific Northwest that I am always looking to fucking challenge and destroy. <laughs> There's many times where the whiteness gets really apparent yeah. in Oregon with me. There's times where people show their racism to me. Mm -hmm. Unintentionally, and think don't think I'm going to catch it when I do. Yeah. People, there's times where I purposely put myself in a situation to where like a black person's here. What's up? Mm -hmm. What's good? At, for some people, like my family finds it jarring that I live in Oregon, hmm. especially like, being from New York. Mm -hmm. You know, some of them think that I'm not hood enough, or some of them think that oh, you're oh, you're too me, you're not too me, too me crackers, or things like that. Mm -hmm. It's like no, no, I'm still from New York City. That's not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. But it's also I want to challenge Oregon at that. It's no, I am a resident here. I live here. I am equal just like anyone else here. I enjoy the same things as anyone else here. Just because my skin is dark doesn't mean you treat me differently. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but the white people culture out here in the Pacific Northwest really needs some tearing down. Because one of my friends from Idaho was telling me the dishes that they eat at their Mormon potlucks was jello and carrots and i was just like yo that's my, some white people food. my mother will slap the <laughs> shit out of me and death oh, if i pull God, some shit sounds, like that oh, <laughs> it just sounds so terrible i i'm 
one thing I'm one thing I'm known with my friend groups is that I'm the one with all the seasonings because of course I am. And I'm the one that has the most sash because of course I am. And I'm also the one that like if you if you want me to come to your house and you have salt and pepper, I'm slapping with both of them and I'm going to I'm going to Dollar General for a few minutes, I'll be right back. Because I, I I refuse. You lost your fucking mind. And like I, yeah. <laughs> also I think being white but growing up in New Orleans, I have this fundamental understanding that we get American music from black culture. We owe black culture for pretty much the best parts of what we consider American culture come from black people. And we owe like, it all to the blues, man. We we do. We absolutely do. And you know, there's just this constant history of white dominant culture uh appropriating black culture and culture makers for, you know, capitalist profit, but the soul of American music comes from black people. And I was guilty of that when I sang Barbershop. Well, to be fair, you grew up in Montana, so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it, but but still, exactly. You, we were we were talking about how Barbershop was one of those genres of music that totally appropriated and did not give credit to mm -hmm. the black musicians that they basically just ripped this out from. And, and that's one of the things about helping to dismantle white supremacy is because white people, you need, <laughs> you need the, 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 this is the culture of, I think that's just more feels better. And also is just like so much more creative and expansive and, you know, yeah. Anyway, that's. <laughs> there are certain, there are certain individuals that I know that uh -huh. I, I can tell weren't used to how loud mm -hmm. people are not a volume, but more of like our personalities. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're not one to hide ourselves. We're not one to quiet what we are. We, we, that's mm -hmm. not a thing we do. Mm -hmm. And there's times where I am me, both mm -hmm. good and bad. Mm -hmm. And it'd be like, well, what the fuck? I'm like, I, I, it's me, what you expect? <laughs> you know? And there's times where, like, it's a, it's a teaching moment, you mm -hmm. know? Because, mm -hmm. like, a lot of times here on the West Coast, people are tend to be a little too quiet for my taste. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, I'm Mr. No, we're talking about this, whether you like it yeah. or not. We're figuring, we're figuring some shit out, whether you like it or not. Um, I've been it, guilty of that so many times. <laughs> well, luckily I have a drag queen mouth, so. <laughs> For example, like my kink life, this is like a great mm -hmm. example. There's a lot of times where people are too afraid to bring that up. Now, granted, there's valid reasons for certain things. So I'm not saying don't do that. I am saying like there's times where when there isn't a need to do that, keyword that. Whereas like people are too anxious or afraid to mention that. Whereas like you are, I'm like, I literally went to an orgy, had fun at an orgy, came back from the orgy, then did my first CA rally the next day, you point. Oh my <laughs> God, this is so getting an explicit rating. Goddamn. <laughs> That's the reason why I asked. Like, so, some, sometimes people are not used to boldness at times. Mm -hmm. The way I carry myself, like, it's, I'm not without flaws. I'm, I'm, I'm still a very flawed person, but it's also like, I need to have pride in self to be able to love self, to be able to still get through every day as self. Right. Absolutely. Because we live in a very white supremacist, oppressive culture that is just being a large person of color. You are constantly at risk, especially, you know, and in certain, a lot of the 
the context that activism yes that we we participate in and the spiritual connection was one of the things that i think brought you into my life but the activism is one of the things that i feel like really solidified us as friends because i'm always been politically active like from my earliest days i've always been sort of a bleeding heart liberal that has protested in many of various different marches for all sorts of different things and so now we are both comrades together in the dsa and i thought if you maybe could talk a little bit about your political activism and how it does intersect with your witchcraft in terms of like how you use your witchcraft to support you in all this really important work that you do so let's give proper context so people understand what we just said. From the very beginning, I mentioned that I am treasurer of the Salem Organ Chapter of the Democrat Socialists of America. So I joined them January of last year, as a matter of fact. But I've been doing activism for now over two years, pushing three years at this point. So fun fact regarding me, I actually was brought into activism at all by a by an anarchist group that were all actually a, a group of heathens as a matter of fact. So they incorporate their heathen practices alongside their political activism. And that's where I actually learned about that in a general sense. So I'm talking like, I'll go to one of their houses and they have their Odin altar right there. Proud, as it's supposed to. But we'll be down to bleep, bleep, bleep other stuff when it's time to handle those things. I'm bleeping that for obvious reasons. So like that whole like aspect of don't be afraid of hiding self while doing this, I had to give them credit for that. That's who taught me that, right? And through them is how I met you, Angel. Now, to, to answer your next question about like how I incorporate my witchcraft, I don't do a rally, my, one of my own rallies, until I get my cards read. That's just a given. I don't play that shit. I do not do anything where I might be putting myself at risk without checking with my ancestors and making sure I, it feels right. There's There was a situation that happened where everything in me was going, don't do that, Sam. Don't do that, Sam. And I didn't listen, and I got my shit rocked. So I learned my lesson really fast. It always speaks to my ancestors before I go out and do any rally whatsoever. It doesn't matter if it's something small, something big. I always ask Odin for protection before I go out there. I always ask for guidance and wisdom. I always ask for, like, please walk with me as I go do this. Tell me when it's okay to move forward. Tell me when, tell me when I need to step back. Tell me when I need to be strong. Tell me when it's, when it's already to break down no matter what I am doing. That's something that I incorporated from the very beginning, and that's something that I still do now. So my first decade rally, as a matter of fact, I prayed to my ancestors before I got out there to do it because I refused to do it until I knew it felt right, until I knew they were with me. The last rally I did that I hosted, the Ragga Pride Rally Halloween edition, I actually went to the space where that rally was held and invited my ancestors there to be present for their whole rally. Because for me, it's no, they're as equally as welcome as anyone who's alive. It doesn't matter. So when I did that rally, for me, it was equally all the people who showed up to go there alongside all my ancestors that were there, making sure that I was okay during the entire rally. That is a, that is a normalcy for me with anything that I do. I don't and I just want to say that rally was rad. That was a great rally. It was like one of the most diverse political action events I went to in Oregon, which says something. And it was really just a beautiful day. It was cold. It was cold and windy, but it, the day was shining and it was really cool to come in solidarity 
with so many different people from so many different walks of life. And yeah, like your ability to connect people across these different intersecting identities was really, I think, the je ne sais quoi that made that happen. One thing that I believe in when it comes to my spiritual practices and my witchcraft is everything and yet nothing is true. Everything and yet nothing is false. I have no place of saying your thing does not exist. And why? When none of us knows what's going to happen when we die. We may have very good educated guesses or maybe very close to the truth, but no one truly knows unless you die. So who am I to judge you on what you do? With that in mind, that comes that comes to the play of everyone being involved in somewhere in fashion because this is not my event. This is your event. This is the Wild Witches event. This is a Sam DSA event. This is the Oregon Communist Party event. This is Sam Capital Pride event. This is Black Joy event. This is Latinas Unido Siempre event. This is Manuel Mano event. This is Sam Kaiser NFA Network event. This is Push Push Fitness event. This is everyone's event. This is the community's event. Because yes, we I, need that solidarity right now. Like absolutely, yes. we need that that solidarity because we're we're staring yes. down the face of is fascism yes we're the undesirables in a lot of cases that there is this threat that is hanging over our head like the the sword of damocles and at this point i am really big on let's bring us all together and collaborate so that we can face this with the most solidarity we can muster i was i was thinking about I was thinking I had I was having a conversation with a friend earlier today about fucking Captain America of all things and talking about how in The Winter Soldier that Captain tells spoilers for the whole fucking movie um but he basically like makes this transmission to the whole of shield saying hey y'all have been infiltrated by hydra those guys are you can't really trust your neighbor don't take orders blindly and he basically just foregoes absolute loyalty to the United States more in favor of loyalty to a principle. And that is why Captain America, especially in the MCU, is so popular abroad. Even in countries that fucking hate the United States, they love Captain America. Because even if... The United States itself doesn't do the things that, you know, they're supposed to. There is the potential to do right, and Captain America himself is absolutely the embodiment of that. So one thing that that's key with my activism is no one is left behind. Mm-hmm. No one. Mm-hmm. I mean, no one. Now, that doesn't mean I can work with every single person. Hell mm-hmm. no. No, nope. being, but <laughs> I do keep tabs on what's going on around me. I do make sure that my people are okay to the best of my ability, right? Yeah. Like with the rally that I did, when at the very end of my speech, I made a point to call everyone that was involved on stage, and I meant everyone. So, like, you would see a indigenous grandmother that her practices would be different from the white guy next to her that may be a Christian, that may be different from the witch with her dog, that may, that may be Their different. Dog. With- <laughs> that may be different with my crazy ass. That may be different from whatever any loose kids may practice. We are all pieces of a whole. Mm-hmm. And we all deserve, we all deserve equality. We all deserve to 
be treated the right way. Yeah. And then with my witchcraft, it's how I put this. I'm a person that it doesn't matter if me and you are not good. It doesn't matter if you and me are more our enemies. One, how the hell did you pull that off? But I digress. If something's wrong and I can spare it, you're you're getting it. We'll cut each other out later on down the line. But if I learn that you're hungry, you're getting fed. There's not an if. No, you are. I'm going to call you a bitch in the process, but you ain't fed. You know, if I learn that you're in danger and I can help, I will help. If I learn that something's wrong and you need a space to vent, then I'm a person you can vent to. You know, now it's something that I hold dear, not as just an activist or as a witch, but as a man. Mm-hmm. My brother, when he, my brother, his name is Wendell. He taught me, you are your brother's keeper. You are your people's keeper. You're no less than, you're no more than the person that is at this worst off, if that makes sense. Meaning that you always take care of you and you always take care of your own, no matter what. If they are your people, if they are your community, if they are your family, you take care of them. And then and they will take care of you. And I always stand true to that. And going towards DSA now, to, to, to pivot this a little bit here, DSA was is a group that was a surprise, but in a good way. DSA, that way this gives proper context. I met I learned about Democrat Socialists of America through a friend of mine named Logan, um, who was our uh, communications facilitator at, at the Salem Organ branch. When I came to Salem, I met Logan at a vigil for someone, and we have an inseparable sense. Logan is a person that I, that is my closest friend, that is my closest confidant, and that, that is also the person that he was one of the only two people that I went to when my mother passed. But this is also the same person that taught me about socialism. This is the same person that we argue and fuss and fight about 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 theory and whatnot. This is the same person that like, he will tell me when I'm wrong to my face and tell me why I'm wrong and how to fix it. So he was the one that that taught me more about DSA and whatnot and helped me like make sense of if that is a good idea for me. Because I had realized that anarchism was not the best route for me on a personal level. When I had joined DSA, it was healing. I say that because that is when I had join a group politically to clarify that I was welcome as all of me, not a piece of me, not the section of me, no, all of me, all parts. They, they're the people that were understanding of trauma, understanding of growth and healing, tr- taking things like my Sege seriously, taking things like where, where, where do we sit? How do we help things like that seriously? And giving someone space to grow and become the person that they want to be. Through them is when I really started like started growing more into the activist that I am now. This is where my passion for Sega came back. I didn't lose it, but it did get dim or traumatic events. We already know what it is. They're the ones that they believed in what I was doing. And they wanted to help push that because they they alongside me agree that the queer community deserve the right to say gay. They were right there when the second rally was put together, just like you were age. And they were right there supporting every step of the way. 
And yes, there did come with political clout, quite a bit of it actually, that I can't ignore, but also comes with feeling safe. Just feeling safe. And that's not of any of any negative thing to say of any anarchist group that I was with, or the, the particular one that I'm referring to. But sometimes when you realize that you in the shape of, let's say, a square do not fit in a circular hole, you need to find a shape that you fit in better at. And there's something wrong with that. And I found that. And they actually were the one that pushed me to go, no, Sege deserves to continue. And the queer community needs this. And also to acknowledge you, Angel, you facilitated events to let me grieve and to let me process and to let me accept and to make peace with and to honor and to like be okay with how where things land. So like I want to make a point to make sure that I give my thanks to Sam DSA. Because in a way, they saved me. Yeah. And in a way, they gave me, they facilitated a space I needed to, to love. Yeah. And, then and also, also, you know, shout out to them. They're a re- legit organization. We have to do, what is it? The motions of re- basically discord. Yeah. Like it's structured, but in some ways that's really good because I think you and I kind of came together during a point where there was a lot of activism, but not a lot of structure around the activism as like with the Black Lives Matter movement and then just going to the Capitol and demonstrating during a point when there was such a need for this sort of organic political action to come out. But then once that energy started to simmer down, the political structure that we needed to continue doing political work and activism, the DSA was a good mechanism to provide. And one of the things I really like about that is it gives a structure that creates legacy, which can Mm -hmm. be hard to do, especially in these pagan queer spaces where we don't have a lot of elders. We don't have a lot of people who have been around long enough that are really well-resourced And one of the things about my joining the DSA in part is to be able to have more ability to help and direct the Say Gay Rally, but also for the other live show that you and I are collaborating on together with Ruby, the Trans Telethon. You should should go go ahead and promote that since since that's your thing. So (laughs) yeah, well, it's still very early stages. We we're Ruby and I have been back and forth about a lot of the early concepts, but we do have a date. It's going to be August 31st mm-hmm. here in Salem, Oregon. It's going to be at the Infinity Room, which is like one of my favorite venues of all time. It's a great space. It has everything from like metal shows to queer comedy to drag shows. But yeah, so listeners who remember last year, we did the Trans Telethon and we streamed it. Well, this year it's going to be so much more coordinated and yeah ruby's gonna get to play her cello which i'm super (laughs) excited about and you sam will be there and gonna be djing after the actual show so we'll have a little bit of an after party (laughs) and it's it's gonna be really exciting and it's it's a good way in for me uh because i'm gonna be the producer of the show to synthesize a lot of these connections and intersections and be able to 
in a lot of ways, again, with the sort of theme is bringing about the world we want to see amidst all of the adversity and difficulty and fucking like dystopian realities that are that we face. And I don't want to just monologue on this. Ruby, uh, what I want you to interject. Generally, yeah, I think the theme we settled on in simple terms was moving forward based off of the song from Steven Universe Future sung by the character Sadie. And holy shit. We also had the idea of adding the synth into into the fray because that was something that was in my life very early on and then as i was conditioned to be good little homophobe i got into a lot of stuff and the synth just kind of went by the wayside until much more recently it came back and we're gonna figure out how to work that into the show somehow. And the synth is totally a trans <laughs> instrument. Oh, 100%. And then, Ellie, like, Ellie I... had to get a picture once of a synth that had... She, as a trans woman, just thought it was so funny because there's, like, a, a part on the synth that's, like, tranny. <laughs> she... There is a thing on my synth called a trans wave. Oh, good lord. <laughs> like... <laughs> Like, um, like Angel said, I'm gonna be a part of the trans telethon. Not knowing me, I'll probably be DJing any fucking sphere because it's me. What you think? So it's gonna be gay as hell. So yes, <laughs> the gayer the better. Please. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That, and that I can do. That's not hard. <laughs> it's, it's one of our like uh, themes of the podcast is we want to bring about the world that we witches want, right? And yes. the world we witches want is a world that centers queer joy, that allows participation and social justice and all of these ways that we want to imagine we get to be Star Trek. And that's, again, one of the things we always close out our podcast with is live long and prosper and blessed be because the world we want to see, the future we want to live in, it's really important to continue to imagine that world. And I'm reminded of a, a conversation I had with Oberon Zell Ravenheart about Back in 2015, there, right before we entered the Trump era, there were these two different science fiction films that came out. And one of them was Future World, which got next to no buzz. And then the other one was Mad Max Fury Road. And obviously, the cultural phenomenon was Mad Max Fury Road. And then, you know, the very next year, we, we ended up in the dystopian that I think the zeitgeists imagined. And so that's one of the the goals, I guess, of this sort of overarching intention of this collaborative project is let's imagine a world where we all get to be our queer authentic selves without harm or risk or threat. And also, you know, let's also be real about what we are facing. Yes. Very much. Yes. Yeah. Um. Mm -hmm. Did I gather you're trying to end the podcast here? Because no, I, no, I, I, no, no, okay, the okay. I, I thought you was. I'm going. like, damn. Right? I was Shit. just like, okay, damn. <laughs> <laughs> we are up on time, but uh, okay. yeah, we don't have to end it immediately. Um, okay. What else? Like, um, yeah, I'm gonna turn to Ruby because. Um, on I sorry, I'm 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 very low spoons today. <laughs> I, I I don't know what to say or ask. Um, is is there is there anything else that you wanted to? 
talk about, bring up in your experiences? Do you have any plugs that you want to have? Any plug, like, will be a plug, the stuff that I'm doing, whatnot? Yeah. Okay. Well, before I do any of that, Ruby, you're doing a wonderful job, by the way. So I appreciate (laughs) you you doing this with those spoons. Okay. Thank you. No problem. I appreciate you. I appreciate Um, you. Now, okay. So this is a list. (laughs) If you are people that are listening to this podcast, if you live in the Willamette Valley, if you are interested more about the Democrat Socialists of America or socialism, or you're trying to do more for the betterment of the working class, you can join Salem DSA by going to SalemDSA.org. That's where you can learn more about us, see what working groups or committees that we have that you can work with. And that's how you can donate to us. You want to support us or join DSA like that. You can follow us on social media, any platform, Salem underscore DSA. That is S-A-L-E-M underscore DSA. Like Angel said, I'm going to be the DJ at the Trans Telethon. That is August 31st at the Infinity Room. Um, make sure that you're there if you're in support of the queer community. I'm going to be there. You should be too. And I'm calling out all of my Sega supporters that you should be there as well too as well. Okay? Let's see. If you want to follow me, it's Samuel underscore T. So I-T-S-S-A-M-U-E-L underscore T at, on any platform. And then last but not least, if you support this podcast, you need then you should donate to this podcast. You should bring more people to listen to this podcast, okay? Because this podcast is doing a wonderful job being with Angel and Ruby hosting this, being their authentic selves, bringing you different topics, doing this the right way. So you should support this podcast and support them as well, too. Also, Look at you giving us props. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. And then last but very much not least, um, if you're a witch, if you're a Wiccan, if you're a heathen, if you're someone that does not practice Abrahamic religion, stuff like that, if you're looking for a community that will support you for you, that will stand by you, that will honor the craft that you're doing and actually honor the older ways, regardless of what pathion that you follow or otherwise, you should join the Wild Witches of the Willamette. They respect all pathions and whatnot. We separate things like Balfang and Salwan, for example. And this is a group that will bring you in and love you as you. And if you're someone that's in the Williamette Valley that's looking for a community like that, this is the community that you should join. Yes, the Wild Witches of the Willamette. I'm one of the coordinators and I'm kind of like the social media director. So most of the time when you look at the social media back and forth, it's usually me. But yeah, we are a very trans-inclusive space. That's one thing I say. We're radically inclusive. That's what I forgot. Yeah, but like we are a trans-inclusive space. And we actually, I just gave our logo a glow up. So it has the trans flags in the background. And one of the things about being a witch is like queer and in my opinion are synonymous Yes. As a witch, we occupy these liminal spaces that queer identity really articulates and synergizes well with. And so as a result, we hold a very we hold a very protective space around our trans loved ones and our trans witches and our, our trans youth. And that is one of the Almost like uh, getting back to like circling back to what you were saying earlier about how that's your sword and shield. Well, that's our that's definitely the the sword and shield part of my activism and my spirituality is 
creating this radically inclusive space for people of all gender expressions, people of all ethnicities, people of all expression in terms of sexuality, but also we do not tolerate bigotry. We do not tolerate transphobes. We do not tolerate white supremacy. We hold a very strong space to protect it. And we have quite a lot of well-trained heathen groups that are also really big on the radically trans-inclusive holding radically trans-inclusive space. So there's one last thing I did not promote that I need to sure really go quickly. ahead. As referenced early in the podcast, I am the co-chair of mm-hmm. the SEGE working group. This was something that was created at SEGE Oregon back in April 2022. And in response to the Don't SEGE bill that started in Florida and then the subsequent anti-trans bills that happened all over America, we joined DSA earlier last year because they support what we're doing and fighting for queer liberation for our community. The plug I'm going to say is if you want to fight for your queer community, if you want to fight for your trans community, if you want to stand and not let bigotry, hatred, or things like affect our own. Thank you. Apathy affect our own then I recommend after joining SAMDSA, you should join the Sikhi Working Group that I'm co-chair with alongside our new co-chair as well. His name is Jordan. He is someone that's been following us since the very beginning that is very much on board with what's going on. And last but very much not least, the Ragapra rally is happening this year. It is early June 2024. I can't say the date yet, but it's in early June 2024. We will have vendors. We will have speeches. And it'll be in the fucking summertime because I am sorry about October last year. But <laughs> it will happen. And it'll be better than last year. And something that I, I highly suggest everyone to come out to because this is the time for you to come to a safe space for everyone the lgbtq plus uh, is plus right to say gay or say lesbian say bi say pan say ace say trans it doesn't matter they have the right to be themselves no matter what now that's everything i promise yeah (laughs) awesome well Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Thank you so much for sharing all your wonderful and inspiring work and enthusiasm and energy with us today. I'm so excited that you're one of our collaborators for the Trans Telethon. And I am just really excited to continue to be a comrade with you and work towards building the world that we witches want. So, well, thank you so much. Thank you so much to Sam for coming on the show and talking with us about all of his projects and all of the amazing community involvement he has going on. Be sure to stay tuned for more to come from Sam as we are all working to bring you the Trans Telethon 2, which will be happening here in Salem, Oregon on August 31st, 2024. And if you can't see us live, you'll be able to catch us via Twitch right here, where we'll be able to stream the whole show, beginning to end. I'm working with my creative collaborators about musical offerings we're going to be bringing, and Angel has been working really hard as the producer, ensuring that we have the resources and funding necessary to really pull this kind of thing off again. (laughs) Yeah, it's quite a lot of work, but... I can't wait to show y'all what we've been working on and what we have in store for this next live show. If you like what we're doing here and you want to support the Science Witch podcast financially, you can do so by subscribing to us on Patreon. 
At the $1 a month level, Angel posts their yoga videos, as well as some stand-up, and they've also started the next season of Who's in Bloom, which is posted on Patreon. I've also been working on music for the podcast and other projects, and I'll be posting it on Patreon to share with our supporters. At the $5 a month level, you will receive roughly one sticker a month from our Art Witch Coven, where we feature deities as well as spiritually related designs. After the stickers are printed, I mail them out to our supporters at this level, and then they are available on Etsy a la carte. The next sticker that we're going to be putting out is a sticker I designed of the goddess Nyx of Night. So it's going to be holographic, so be sure to stay updated on that. And at our highest level of support, the Science Witch Coven, for $10 a month, you will receive a tarot reading from Angel over Zoom, as well as some insight into your birth chart, as well as an exclusive Discord server for our coven members to help take part in the creative direction of the show. Our Discord is available to anyone, regardless of Patreon. It's free and open to the public, so if you'd like to interact with us and our growing community, We'd love to talk with you, too. Be sure to check us out there. Yeah, and also don't forget, we're on YouTube, because of course we are. And I've been posting my forays into stand-up comedy on that. And also, I'm going to be posting more extended content from some of our episodes coming up, including the Pitcher Plant episode that I've been really excited to release soon. And lastly, if you want to find us on social media... Look for us at Science Witch Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. At the Science Witch Podcast. Show notes and the transcripts are also available on our website at sciencewitchpodcast.com. And if you want to email us, you can do so at questions at sciencewitchpodcast.com. Hey, Ruby! Angel! Hey! Hey, what are you up to? Hi, Inku! Hello! <laughs> we were hey, just. What are, what are y'all doing? We were just recording the outro to our interview with Sam. Oh my what gosh, I want to hear that here? so bad. What? That interview was today? Oh man, am I late? Late. You've already done, you've already done the episode? We've, uh, we haven't seen you in six months. Oh. Oh yeah. Oh, well, I, I'll listen to it soon. What? Well, what else are you doing? What's coming up next? Well, we did just do that episode for our Patreons on exclusively on Patreon that we had been promising for almost three years called My Polly Valentine, which at the time of this recording will be up on Patreon for Valentine's Day. So, yeah, we did just do that. Ooh, what what else is coming up? Well, soon we're also we're going to be recording an episode for AI for the beginning of Aquarius season. Yeah. Ooh, that sounds really fun. Can I can I can I be that? Can I do that too? Fuck yeah! Yes, totally. You know, I mean, if you have space, I could just come back and be be a co-host again. Like, if there is something you wanted to do with something like that. Please, yes, please. Yeah, of course. We are so happy to have you back, Inku, and I can't wait to show the folks what we're going to come up with. So welcome back. The band's back together. Oh, well, okay, but only under one condition. What? And that is that you let me say the thing. Okay. You're going to let me say the thing? I'm going to let you say the thing. Okay. Set it up. Until next time. 
Live long and prosper. And blessed be. <laughs> I'm sorry I botched that. I was just like... Don't <laughs> Promotional, like, podcaster. All right, leave